Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And with me today, I've got a guest who I'm interviewing, Rob Riles. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Thanks, Lynn. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, It's more than a pleasure to have you on. The way that I got to know a bit about Rob was I I actually did a post recently about masculinity and Rob was very kind enough to respond and said he'd be happy to talk about masculinity to my listeners in relation to um, what his thoughts are around what that actually means. So, Rob, over to you. What, What do you feel is and what actually represents masculinity in, in your mind from your own thoughts and perceptions i think these things are very personal um but i think the the archetypical masculinity things the meanings that we associate with masculinity are are, are probably things that most people could come out with like strength um, determination courage such such things like like that um, bravery and 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 you know decision making and 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 leadership um which actually is all well and good to be associated with masculinity and and i'm sure that if you did a poll of people you would find that true but that certainly doesn't represent because there all of those things could so easily and and, and so much the same be applied to any any female any, any 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 you know feminine individual that you come across because um so I think we have to be uh, aware of being too uh, too specific about thinking that these traits belong to this person or, or this this set of people or that set of people. But for me, um, masculinity isn't just about those. Um, it, it's about a balance, um, and I think there's two sides to to uh, to these things. There's a there's a, there's that side we've talked about, and there's also a balance side. Um, so, um, yeah, I hope that makes sense anyway. Yeah, I think, you know, if my listeners have listened to previous episodes, they know that for me that there is a balance of both feminine and masculine in all of us. But, you know, for me, what I educate people around is that we, are, we always have one core natural dominant energy, which is usually within the context of opposite sex relationships the same as our, our gender would would you agree with that yeah I, I i certainly think that we we as human beings you know if it, whether you you know you're male or female you you have a, a dominance of certain types of traits and the manifestation of that would lead people to say oh there's a dominance of of masculinity there because of what they associated what they associate with masculinity or there's a dominance of feminism i think if you were extremely compassionate in a situation onlookers would say lynn there's a dominance of uh, a feminine characteristics if you 
particularly brave or appeared to be brave in a situation, people would say, well, that's a masculine trait. Now, you know, I hesitate to say that that's the case, but I think that's what's accepted. Um, I don't think it's as black and white as that, but that's what's accepted. And in, in essence, you know, as long as we're all open to to understanding and listening, there is nothing wrong with that. But um, you know, I think that's what's that, that's what history is, is, um, is the point history has brought us to. Yeah, I agree. I think what's been true for us since mankind walked the earth and womankind, I should say, to be politically correct, <laughs> you know, it. it is what has worked in relationships, you know, since since caveman times. Is what actually still works in relationships today. Uh, it's just society has changed, and um, I do look at men today, and I think you know, and see quite a lot of confusion around what masculinity means to them, and and you know how should they behave because you know some masculine traits, uh, you know, are, are tending to come across as being traits that shouldn't be. Um, displayed because they're they're feared that you know that they might be perceived as being negative masculine traits. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I I, I can see that, and I certainly think that that's been something that the media, not just recently, but probably in my lifetime, or certainly the latter half of my lifetime, has has helped to to portray um, that with, you know, with, with the highlighting of, of, of bullying, if you like, with the highlighting of abuse situations, uh, with the highlighting of, of, of you I suppose know, even wars. We, yeah, the violence that, that, that whether that's, that's, you know, official violence that a government puts into place or, or it's, you know, individual to individual. I think it's, it's heavily, heavily portrayed to be masculine and, 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 and dominated by males. And um, I'm sure the evidence does say that. Um, and the, again, you know, the evidence is the evidence. So there we go. Um, as, as, as men, if, if, you know, we have to stand up and, 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 and accept that. Um, and rightly so, because, you know, I'm, I'm certainly as an individual, somebody who stands up and says, you know, that, that um, violence is not something that uh, I want as part of my life. It's certainly not something I agree with. And um, it's all about doing everything else but that. Um, as Winston Churchill said, he was, you know, you could you could portray Winston Churchill as one of the great, the greatest icons of masculinity that that's that, that's you know existed in it was coming from these aisles. Um, blimey, you know. Um, a bulldog, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, he said, "George, your is better than war, war." Well, if you want an example of a trait that's mainly feminine, it's George, your. It's it's you know because um, ladies seem to be far better about at, um, at naturally talking about things than, than men do. So um, there we go. Yeah, I do feel though that unfortunately there has been a been a miseducation and a misunderstanding around what is you know, healthy in terms of masculine traits and what is unhealthy, because obviously violence, aggression, you know, um, possessiveness and um, controlling behaviour, I would can put under the banner of unhealthy, but women can be just as equally, you know, those things within a relationship. Um, but there is healthy masculinity, and I think that's what's missing now, you know, because women do want, you know, especially strong women, 
do want healthy masculinity. They do want men to stand strong in that in their masculine energy. And they do want to feel safe and protected and, and all the healthy things that the masculine male can stand for in terms of um, looking after his woman and treating her like a goddess and, and being chivalrous. Women do want all of that, but I think men are, are sometimes now, you know, because they're frightened of being perceived as being um, too masculine, uh, stepping less, less into that. Yes, and... I think we were chatting a little bit before we went we went on Erlin and um I, I think you're absolutely right. I think the pendulum in terms of uh you know, media, social media, what's the accepted norm has definitely swung away from from that. And there is this certainly at the moment there's this time of change, this time of flux, and there's an uncertainty about roles um you know that the work the area that i i come from um stoke-on-trent in the midlands is is you know you could completely say look at this is a working class area and um it's built on the potteries the pits and, the, and 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 steelworks and you know when i was born and in the first couple of decades of my life um before things changed drastically you know, the vast majority of men went out and did hard manual jobs. And, the, you know, the, probably the vast majority of the the ladies, the feminine side of it, did less manual jobs. And um, there was much more of a, a, of a divide. And as things have gone on and evolved, the, the, the roles... Um, have, have certainly become less defined and, and, you know, much more men staying at home or more acceptability of that. Um, more men in care. I've worked in care myself and um, certainly more, more males working in care, much more accepted. Um, so, yeah, and, and a, a balancing out, if you want to look at it as a balancing out, but alongside that balancing out, there is, you know, a certain change in the, what shall I say, the, the, the understanding of, of um, healthy and, and, and unhealthy, really. Um, and, I, and I kind of understand that in a way, yeah, especially for young people. You know, it, I, I don't think it's as easy. I think it's more complicated now. And um, whereas before, I don't think young people had to think about what was, okay, let's use the term politically correct or how to describe things or people or, or genders. I, I don't think it was even a thought process. Whereas now... It, it is seemingly much more more complex, and along with that complexity is is, is uncertainty. Um, so yeah, I, I, I take on board that um, that comment about whether it's healthy or, or unhealthy to, to to you know describe things in, in in a certain way and attribute them to 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 certain to you know masculine or feminine. Do you think young men, um, you know, are, I suppose because you see a lot, I suppose of. In, in the family homes now, um, women being mainly single parents um, and obviously the, the, their sons are going to be influenced more by the mothers because, you know, quite often the fathers are absent or there's no strong male role models in their home environment. And so boys are growing up to be more you know, taking on more feminine traits and on the back of, I suppose, the drive towards equality and equal pay and equal rights, you know, that there's been some sort of um, 
education for women whereby you know we've been educated and parented to be more like men so we look at men as our role models in the workplace so we've took on more masculine traits and so the there's not the polarization of the feminine and masculine in relationships now there's there's more that of that gender neutrality which is is fine you know that that that's what creates friendships in terms of relationships as having things in common and being the same but for me, what I've discovered is it doesn't create passion. You know, it doesn't create an, a relationship that's alive because the polarity has been lost. Um, there's an awful lot in there, Lynn, and, and, and I think, blimey, um, but going back to your, to, to the start of the, the point, I definitely recognise that in the current or the, the present um, environment where there are, and I'm sure there are, a lot more one-parent families, and probably, and I do say probably because I don't know the statistics, but predominantly they are led by a woman, um, the mother figure, whether that's a grandmother or, or an auntie, um, is I do, and I have seen it, and, and I do see it, and I have personal experience of it, whereby young children, um, even going into adolescence, that because of the lack of masculine figure, or a masculine figure or masculine dominance in their life or, or a balancing, there is this, it has an effect. And I think it's a negative effect because they're, they often, or, or, or they, the, the children, the ones who are subject to this, do not know how to respond and they don't respond positively to masculine traits um, and I think that leads on to um, question marks in, in the future and it, and it influences them, um, if that makes sense, Lynn. It does definitely make sense. And, and I think that I, I've certainly got experience of um, a, a workplace situation whereby uh, the way that things were portrayed and the way that communication was done was became an issue because the person who thought it was an issue didn't like the way it was done and for me I'm not going to go into specifics and it, 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 it but for me this was just a male way of doing things of coming to a conclusion saying something strongly there was no abuse there was no violence it was just a straightforward way of communicating assertiveness Correct. Great, great. You summed it up. That's the word I was looking for. Absolutely right. And then basically the person objected and there was an issue around it. And actually there was only an issue around it because in taking a step back and analysing the situation, I honestly think that the person who made the who made the issue out of it was somebody who who, who couldn't recognise this method of communication. And for me it was, and again, I don't, you know, this sound, this is, you know, um, your, your dad saying to you, this is how it's done. I'm telling you, end of chat. And that is the end of the chat, you know. Um, but I think that that had never been uh, experienced. I, th I think it, it almost like blimey, you know. And uh, I have worked in, I've worked in professional football, at cutting edge professional football and at, at the cutting edge where results are everything. And, you know, if you wanted to get an archetypical masculine environment, there there exists one it, it, with many characteristics. With you know, and people 
will say years and years ago that it's um, the language's choice that you know that 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 that, that it, it's borderline. It's not just assertive; it's borderline aggressive. Um, and you know, I've also worked in in care environments um, at certain points in my life, and you couldn't get two different approaches. But it all it takes, not all it takes, but yeah, all it takes is a recognition of what's appropriate at, at a particular time. And, and if you are able to bring out those th- th- those skills and those understandings and that communicating ability in, in in different environments then then you'll be okay um, it's a recognition of, of, of what's appropriate for the for the situation Lynn. I 100% agree because like you say in a, in a masculine sort of uh, I suppose dressing room environment you know there would be different language that would be considered fine and appropriate which would be like you say all around mainly masculine traits that would be totally unacceptable in a, in a care environment where it's mainly you know your feminine compassionate nurturing traits that come to the fore in, in that scenario so 100% agree with that yeah but, you know and having said that Lynn I've been fortunate, to, fortunate enough to work in, in quite a few different aspects of football and, and I've worked in, in on the ladies side of the game as well and you know i'm certainly not sitting here saying that you know effing and jeffing and using bad language and profanities is the way forward what i'm saying is that that if that goes on it goes on um and as long as nobody's offended by it and affected by it and is forced into it then 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 all well and good um so you know i'm certainly not not saying it it is the only way and it's the right way um but to say it doesn't exist is is not telling the truth. That's um, true. <laughs> no, I understand so what you're saying. I've worked in, in on the women's side of the game as well, and you know I've worked in. So I go into the you know I've been in in the dressing room and, and and in a professional way, and at certain times because I'm a male, I, I will leave the dressing room. I've left the dressing room at a certain time so that the you know the players can get changed and and you know all that kind of thing. Um, so it's recognizing that. Uh, there are needs and requirements that are appropriate for for different environments, and and I think that comes from. I hope I would like to think that it's a healthy perspective on 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 things, rather than saying well one's right and one's wrong. It, it is what it is, and um, you know, uh, you y- you act appropriately in in the situation. Yeah, I understand and I absolutely agree. What are your thoughts? I mean, uh, going switching to your sort of, I suppose, your area of expertise and, and the fact that your background and um, your history and your involvement has been with working with um, youths and, and within the environment of, of football. How do the players compare? You know, I mean, I, I have to laugh as a woman when I see a game of football and I see you know a footballer and he has to get slightly tapped and he you know he, he goes onto the floor and, and rolls around like you know he's been shot and yeah I see a rugby game and I see them you know have blood pouring off their faces and, and you know they break their legs and they're more or less back on the pitch in five minutes <laughs> because you know they just shrug it off and I'm thinking you know the, 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 the men in football look so uh, from a women's perspective, anyway, it's like, oh, you know, how pathetic. Yeah. But when you see the the yeah. guys in the rugby field, you think, yeah, that's a proper man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, Lynn, as as somebody who is in the football industry, and and you know, I don't like it. 
And for, as for me, I think it is downright, absolute, 100% total cheating. Mm. And if it, if it was anything to do with me, I would do anything I could to eradicate it from the game and do whatever I could to help people realise that that is not the way forward. Um, because I would rather put my head on the pillow at night time, Lynn, having lost a game, knowing that the team that I'm involved with has acted in a what I would call a proper way, in line with all the values that we have, whether we've won or lost, rather than put my head on the pillow at night, knowing that we the team has won something, but it has won something with just one of our players rolling round on the floor trying to get something out of the referee that they are not entitled to that has cheated the other team and basically you've won something that you don't deserve now that is a subjective opinion it's my opinion but it's what I believe in and you know do I think it's great for the game no absolutely not I don't I totally agree with you um so yeah well, so certainly I don't think from you know from as a woman and a woman who's now learned how to be, you know, and how to utilize her, her feminine energy to great effect in terms of creating, you know, my own passionate relationship that that's really vibrant and alive and, uh, you know, that, that I think a lot of people aspire to, to have in their, their own relationships. You know, when I look at things like that, that is not attractive, you know, when I see that on the football field so perhaps the players need to be informed that you know they're not impressing the women when they do things like that yeah and, and look Lynn, I, I've no idea whether their thought processes go as far or anybody who who takes those kind of actions um what their thought processes are um I, for me I, I like to think that actually it's an individual you know, I, I would like people to be educated. I mean, one of the things we just going back a little bit is that um, some of the great coaches that I admire and I uh, aim to, to take things out of their book, if you like, and, and, and aim to aspire to be like are the coaches who say, I'm not here to create great athletes, great players, great uh, basketball players because or, or um, baseball players or football players because of some of the some of the coaches from other sports that I admire equally as well I'm here to create good men and do you know what I absolutely fundamentally believe in that because if any of my players turn around to me and say Rob you know thanks for, for, for our relationship for the past three years but I'm actually going to leave the game and I'm going to be XYZ I would pat them on the back and say it's been great to know you knowing that actually what we've been through in the educational process of their football has got principles running through it that will it will enable them hopefully to go on and, and have a, in inverted commas, a, a, a successful life, irrelevant of whether it's related to being technically good at the game. So, um, yeah, that's much more important to me than... Uh, a short-term game of gain of somebody being great at a particular technical skill, at the deficit of them actually doing it in it in it, you know, also having a uh, a characteristic that allows them to cheat. And um, I don't think that's successful at all. And I, I I wouldn't view that as success at all. I love what you just said, though. You know, so you, you know, a great coach is is actually producing. 
uh, from the players, not just great, um, you know, skills and abilities uh, within the game, but, you know, actually um, wanting to educate their players to be great men, you know, and be better men um, for having served under them, regardless of whether they go yeah. on to continue in the game or not, than, than what they were prior to them, you know, coming to them in the first place at the start. Absolutely, Lynn, and, and that's the fundamental place that, that is the bedrock of where I come from as a, as, as a person and as, a, and as an individual and, and going back to the people that I am inspired by, the greats like Bill Shankly and, and Jock Steen and um, pe people like that. The, these are people who are good, strong men of character and it doesn't matter take them out of that football environment and you would still have those men who would be leaders and you would follow because of their character and it just so happens that their passion was football and they made their living out of something that they loved and that they went on to have great success but you know the, the greats for me are great men and people, not great coaches or just great coaches. Um, it, it, it's pretty much as, as as simple as that, really. Lynn. And um, yeah, that's you know something that I'm I'm really passionate about. I love that. Yeah, because like you say, take them out of that environment. You've still got that 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 man who has those great great masculine characteristics and traits, regardless, you know, of of whether he's in that. Sort yeah. of competitive profession or not, if he if he's in an, even the corporate world, like you say, he'd probably still be a leader within that environment. Yeah, and and you know, there's a great one of the the great things that's uh, I heard once was um, what you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can stand there for seven years espousing this, that, and the other, but actually. None of us are stupid, Lynn. We're, I don't think, I think people, none of us are stupid. And, you know, if if you are what you are, you people people follow you and love you and you become to them what they want you to become because you are what you are, not because what you say. And and that for me is is, is, the, is a fundamental and the fundamental of, of, of anything, if you like, particularly leadership. Um, and you know, if I, if I, if I don't know, um, just just one young man goes out and has a good life, a better life, because he's been on my team and he's been in my football pitch. Whether or not he becomes a great player, actually, that's a secondary thing. Um, but you know, if he phones me up and says, Do "You know what? Yeah, I love you, mate," because of X, Y, Z. Hey, job done for me. Excellent, love that. What what would your advice be, um, or what do you actually implement maybe in the context of um, being a coach? You know, to sort of channel if you can see, you know, that 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 some of these lads must be, you know, um, quite young and and probably, um, you know, going through that sort of st almost still puberty adolescence phase, and they're still trying to manage their uh, natural masculine. Uh, aggression in, in a in a positive way how, how what what sort of skills do you give them to sort of channel yeah. that 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 energy in a positive way 
It's a great question. It's a great question for 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 football and for young sports people. Uh, it's a fabulous question. And in the last uh, few years, um, I heard somebody, the, some of the coaches at um, quite a high level, were talking about allowing players to play on the edge. And they were talking about a particular player, somebody who's a household name, and this player has got or has had issues in the past with a temper and um, a, a few issues with, with, with you know, uh, being booked and getting sent off and, and, and losing. And, and it was all about the conversation went along about allowing them to, and the phrase they used was playing on the edge. And this was like allowing them to be just over the border of, uh, 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 you know, and letting them get away with things. That that was the nature of the conversation. And 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 fundamentally, I kind of got where they were coming from, but I, I actually disagreed with, with 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 that because if you, in order to, if we just talk about maximizing performance, Lynn, it's all about it's all about having a total focus. And if anything takes your focus away then it will only have a negative effect. And if people start to become angry, they say the, the, the easiest boxer in the world to defeat is one who's angry. Mm. Um, so it, it, take that to football. If you, you know, one of the key things in, in football is, is is that if you want to get, get a result, if you can rile the other team up, if you can get into somebody's head, if you can anger them, if you can, you know, there's that famous um, World Cup final incident where, that the world's greatest players, you know, Zinedine Zidane got sent off in the first half because somebody said something to him, you know, very, very insulting, and, and he and he and he headbutted them um, because he couldn't control himself, and you know, the result speaks for himself. But so it's about going back to the question, Lynn. It's a massive question. It's a brilliant question, and it's about uh, showing young people, young men, how to how to control this amazing amount of energy they've got, how to control these emotions and channel it so that all that beautiful, amazing energy that they've got goes into the right funnel and is not frittered away chasing somebody who you're angry with and who eventually after 90 minutes has won because all your energy has gone into getting them back mm. when actually should have gone into creating what you want, not what they want. Um, and in terms of how you do it, I think it's about pointing out to people. So when you see that little red mist start to descend, which you do as a coach, if you observe properly, it's about maybe pulling them out for a minute and, and giving them that 30 second breather. And whether they know it or not, you're just kind of giving them a little bit of a putting the brake on them and then allowing them to go back in. Um, or if they, you see it on the pitch, you know, we have done it myself where I've actually substituted the player and they come off and they they might want to kick a bottle or they might want to throw the shirt down or they might want to cry or whatever. And you might not get the result you want, but it might be a week or a month or a day later when they actually have a recognition that actually you've done it for the, for the right reasons, although they hate you for doing it at the time. Um, the easiest thing, Lynn, in today's society is to let it go on. Yes. Um, the hard thing is to take a stand. It's not something I find hard because I, because I believe in it. Um, and, and 
thankfully the clubs as fully supportive of that so it's easy to do when you get supported um but yeah I, I think it's a fundamental i think you do your players a disservice if you don't do that and i just think it's about being observant it's about being brave enough to, to step in and um to have those difficult conversations at, at, at times and sometimes with young players the way the world is you also have to have that conversation with a parent as well because it might be that all the parent sees is you is that you're uh, having giving their kid a hard time or you're pulling their kid off or you're not giving them the same amount of game time as they want um so you need maybe to have a conversation not only with the child but with the parent as well and if that parent is on your side it's great but maybe you, you have situations where they're not um but you know do you stand by your principles or don't you that's the, that that would become the question then yeah well it's it's great to hear that you're you know the the future of young men going through the process of um, being coached certainly in the environment where you are you know are coming out better young men for it out the other side so we're, we have that to look forward to and I'm grateful there's guys like you in that environment that that can look after and nurture these guys to become the men that that uh, the young women want it's great to hear well you know I hope so Len it's just just my way of say doing it and, and and you know I'm certainly not the only one we been at a great a great club um but um I like to think that you know what you do on the sports ground the training ground in the dressing room represents what you'd want in the rest of your life I, I think you know synchronicity and authenticity and being yourself all through all aspects of your life is a great thing to aim for. Um, you know, it's all right saying we do this the right way, we do that the right way, we do the other the right way, whether it's masculine or feminine, then go out and do the opposite, you know, that, that's, that, that's or, or talk the opposite or, or whatever, you know, it's all about trying to be as aligned as possible and, and, and standing up for what we, what we think is right and, and you know, um, what we believe in. Excellent. Well, I'm loving what you stand for, Rob. Uh, on that note, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of this episode. So uh, would you like to tell the listeners um, your details? I will make sure these are included in the show notes, but um, is there a website or any contact information you'd just like to give the listeners just before we end? Yeah, my my, my, my brand is Leader Manager Coach, um, which is all the three things that I, that I love and I stand for. And... Um, my website's www.robryles.co.uk, R-O-B-R-Y-L-E-S.co.uk. Um, it's called Leader Manager Coach. I have a podcast called Leader Manager Coach where we discuss all things to do with leadership, to do with management, to do with coaching, with all these principles that, that run through it that are very poignant and, and, and appropriate and applicable to, to football and, and sport, but also the wider aspect of of life as well so um yeah if anybody wants to, to take a look at that that's the, that that'll be great and um yeah my, my contact details are, are on there i do a little bit of but not a great deal but i post on facebook and, and on linkedin so if anybody wants to catch me on there if you put my name in there you'll um i'm sure we can we can connect but um always happy to chat about uh, things like that excellent well thank you very much rob that's been a really interesting and fascinating conversation i've really enjoyed that so there you go, awesome. listeners. Uh, you can contact Rob on, on those various bits of contact information that he's just reiterated, and I'll make sure that that information is also contained within this episode's show notes. That's, That's great. Gonna... <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you very much, Rob. Thanks, Lee. And listeners, always remember, true love starts 
with opening your hearts. So until next time, for now, take care and goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.